we've been going through the Old Testament, uh, kind of trying to get closer and closer to when Christ comes, right? And uh, today, we're coming to the point where we're going to talk about the law. This is probably one of the most important things that points us forward to Christ. This is the whole reason why Christ needed to come is because we could not keep the law. Like, it's impossible. Uh, and so we're going to go through that today. Um, I'm going to be referring a lot to the law, uh, but I'm actually going to quote very little out of the Old Testament today. Instead, it's going to be mostly the New Testament talking about the Old Testament, So, uh, which is awesome because the New Testament is basically the Old Testament repeated. It's, it's revealed uh, in the New Testament to be what that it all meant. And so uh, let's go ahead and pray before we get started. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. I, I thank you for this wonderful church and um, how welcome they've made my family and I uh, here. And uh, I thank you, Lord, for the work that we are doing in this community, uh, that you can just continue to guide us, Lord. And uh, I pray that um, we can glory, uh, glorify and honor you uh, in our lives. And I, I just pray, Lord, that as we move forward this morning, that you would keep our hearts and our minds focused on your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, the first thing that we have to look at today is, well, what is the law, right? What is the law? Uh, and many of us, most people, uh, most Christians, when you talk about the law, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, the Ten Commandments. Right? The, the Ten Commandments, that's the law. Well, uh, I hate to break it to you, but the law is not just the Ten Commandments. Uh, the law is the Ten Commandments, it's all of the worship law, it's all of the food law, it's all of it. All of that is the law. Um, and so we also have to realize that the law is not laws, plural. It is one law. Why is that important? Well, it's important, it's important because if you break one part of the law, if one part of the law is broken, the whole law is broken. Uh, James 2.10 says, For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. And so when you think about this, what this means is if you look at the law like a, like a chain that connects us to God, right? And it's got all of these interlinking pieces, right? And so you have, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. You have all of the thou shalt nots. You have all of the worship law. You have all of the food law. All of that is all this big, long chain that's connecting us to God, right? If one link in that chain is broken... One thing, you are no longer connected to God. And so that is the problem that we are faced with, with the law. So now let's look at why was the law given? And there's three main reasons why the law was given. First, it was added because of our transgressions. It was added because of our transgressions. Uh, Galatians 3.19 says, What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions. Till the, the, till the seed should come, 
to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. So it was added because of transgressions. Now, if you think about this, if you think about in the Bible, right? What was the first law? Anybody, anybody know what the first law was? Go ahead and, and answer that if you can. It was don't eat that. God told Adam, don't eat that. The simple, one simple rule. Don't eat that. What did he do? He ate it. <laughs> so now, as time progressed, more and more rules were added because of transgressions. <clears throat> so what is the law's purpose then? Its purpose is to reveal our sin. Romans 3, 19 through 20 says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So, what's the law's purpose? It lets us know that we are doing wrong. Because if it wasn't there, we would be blind to it. But instead it is there, so that when we are doing things wrong, it's written in stone there. Moses actually even says this, uh, that it is a witness against us. In Deuteronomy 31.26, it says, take this book of the law and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may there, or sorry, that it may be there as a witness against you. You see, the law is there to show uh, that we are sinful in the sight in the sight of God. We are doing wrong. It's there so that we know that we are doing wrong. So, what was the problem with the law then? Uh, God gave this law to them to show them that they were doing wrong, but also to show him his character and to try to guide them. What was the problem with that? Well, first, uh, if you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 10, and this explains it really well what the problem with the law was. First, it was a shadow of things to come. It says in Hebrews 10, verse 1, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. So it says this in verse 1, that it was a shadow of things to come. A shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things and so the law was pointing forward to christ but it was not christ so the law couldn't save us because it was merely pointing forward to those things also if you continue reading we see that it was temporary hebrews 10 verse 2 says for then would they not have ceased 
to be offered. So if you back up a little bit, it says, which they offer continually year by year, uh, make those who approach perfect. Then it says, for then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. So what it's saying is, is, is that, you know, keeping the law, doing these sacrifices, uh, in order to stay right before God, they had to continually do them over and over and over and over and over again. Why? Because they were imperfect sacrifices. They couldn't, they, they, they were like trying to put a band-aid on a wound that needs to be sewn shut, right? It's, it might stop the bleeding for a moment, but eventually you're just going to have to keep bandaging it because that wound won't heal right because it needs to be, it needs the proper treatment. That was only to get them right with God at the time. And if we continue reading, we see that the law could not purge sin. Hebrews 10, 3 through 4, it says, But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin, sins. So why did they do these sacrifices then if it wasn't, uh, that, it, if, that it wasn't possible to take away their sins? Well, again, it just made them uh, be able to continue a relationship with God, as, uh, but it could not secure their afterlife. It was to point forward to what Jesus was going to do. You see, and we see this by the time the Pharisees come, that they're so caught up in keeping the law that they forget what the purpose of the law was. So what is the solution? So we have this problem of the law, but there's got to be a solution to that problem, right? In 2 Corinthians, the law is referred to as the ministration of death. I'm going to sneeze. Sorry. <laughs> uh, try not to sneeze. <laughs> uh, the law is referred to as the ministration of death. Uh, now, it's very important to realize that because by the law came death, right? That's, that's, that's the whole purpose of it. It's, it, it. it's to reveal our sin. That's what condemns us before God. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 4 through 7, and I start at verse 4 here because it's important to note that even though the law is the ministration of death, well, Christ gave us life. And so it says, and we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so Paul's saying it was good, at, you know, that the law was a good thing. Uh, he's not discounting the law here. He says, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. 
how will the ministry of the Spirit be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect, but, but of the glory that excels. For if what was passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Do you get, get what he's saying there? The law was glorious, but the life that Christ brings, the righteousness that Christ brings, is more glorious. It's better. Christ gives us life. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loves us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And it says, by grace you have been saved. So Christ made us alive. That's, God made us alive through Christ. That's what it's talking about. So the law is there to condemn us before God. But God has a solution, and that's Jesus, who gives us life. Christ fulfilled the law. I'm sure you guys have heard this verse before, Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Christ came to fulfill the law, not to get rid of it. Not to destroy it, he came to fulfill it. Amen. Romans 8, 1 through 4 also speaks to this. It says, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness, sorry, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So Christ fulfilled it, and he did this for us so that we would have no condemnation if we are in Christ. So we're talking about the law, right? And we say, oh yeah, the law was very important, and Christ fulfilled the law. So a lot of people might think, well, you know, I don't need to worry about the law today. That, that, what, is, what does this have to do with me? Why is the law still important? Well, notice that it says here, uh, let's read Romans 8, uh, just verse 1 again. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen to that again. There is no condemnation, 
right? We have no... To those who are in Christ Jesus. So does the law apply to those who are not in Christ Jesus? Yes. The only reason why we don't have condemnation is if we are in Christ. So the purpose of the law today is to lead us to Christ. Galatians 3, 24 through 25 says, Therefore the law is our tutor, or, or our schoolmaster, uh, to bring us to Christ, that, way, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So the purpose of the law today, it still has all of that purpose that was in the Old Testament, but the purpose that we have for it is to lead us to Christ. That is the summary of all of this. The reason why we have the law is to reveal that we are sinners and need to come to Jesus. Last point today as the pianist and song leader come. We need Jesus. It's a simple last point. Why do we need Jesus? Well, no one is able to keep the law. No one. Romans 3.10 says, As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What is the cost of breaking the law? To sin. That's death. The cost of breaking the law, the cost of sinning is death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, but we do have a hope. We have a hope in Jesus who came and died for us. The famous verse, John 3, 16, I'm going to actually read through 18 because I want us to see what we deserve here. But what Christ came to do and not to do. If we start reading at verse 16 uh, in John chapter 3, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So that's that's. That's it right there. But we, let's go further. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world, through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So, we have all of this information. What do we need to do now? There's one thing that we need to do. We have to believe and confess. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So I'll leave you with this this morning. 
do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you don't, listen to that, those passages in Romans. None of us are perfect. No, not anyone here, anyone in the world, no one's perfect. We're all uh, sinners in the sight of God. But Jesus came and died for those sins. That way, if we believe and confess, we would be saved. Do that this morning if you're not saved. And then you'll be able to spend eternity with him. You won't have to have that eternal death. That's what it's talking about there. It's not everybody dies physically. When it says for the wages of sin is death, it's not just talking about our physical death. It's talking about an eternity in hell. And we don't want that. Especially when God has provided a solution for us. It's not God that sends us to hell. It's us. We send ourselves to hell. Hell is where we go just simply because we are sinners. But Jesus came so that we don't have to do that. We don't have to go there. It wasn't even designed for us. You know that? Hell was designed for the devil. It wasn't designed for people. We are not meant to go there. So we have to accept Jesus as our Savior. That way we can escape that fate. That's what he came to do. Would you come to him this morning?